You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 128. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It? My name is Tiffany and I am your host. And through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and in your calling. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or 128th time listening, welcome back. We are happy to have you. If you are interested in connecting with me outside of the podcast, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. I am at Tiff South, Tiff with two Fs, and you can send me a DM. If you're listening to this, you can take a screenshot, post it in your story, and I will repost it in mine. If you are interested in joining the email list for the podcast, you can text how does she do it as one word to 33777. Again, text how does she do it as one word to 33777. This number might sound different than the number you've heard in past episodes. That's okay. We are that number will redirect you. You'll still be on the email list if you've ever texted that other number, but this is the new number going forward. And now, let's get into this week's just my thought just my thoughts is the segment of the show where i share my reviews recommendations or rejections and this week i am recommending that you schedule a call with me to learn more about elevate your career academy and join this cohort elevate your career academy is the 16 week group coaching experience for purpose-driven women of faith who want more growth, more alignment, and more fulfillment in their careers. And you want to get those things without giving up your lifestyle, your experience, or the career progress that you have made so far. This is a really unique and exciting experience for me because not only are we doing live work as a group, you are getting one-on-one work with me And you're also going to walk through a series of modules and lessons that will help you get clearly defined career goals. You'll leave with formulas and frameworks to help you identify and describe your transferable skills and speak confidently about what you have to offer without feeling flustered or uncertain or unclear. You'll also walk away with an updated resume and online networking presence. You will feel more confident in who you are as a whole woman in Christ and how you have been designed to use your gifts and to use your experience in this workplace environment. You'll also receive weekly support and accountability from me as the coach, as well as the community that you're in. And you will have a unique opportunity to understand how your particular job search will go even internally, right? So even if you're not looking to leave your company, how do I need to maximize the opportunities where I am right now? And clients that I've worked with have been able to negotiate five-figure raises after working with me because they were able to articulate and understand their experience in a way that became so much more tangible and so much more quantifiable that they were able to go out into the marketplace, get interviews, and then come back to their current 
current employer and say, hey, I would really like to stay working here, but I'm getting these other opportunities. How can we make this situation more mutually beneficial for both of us? And that is just one example of the kind of results that I get when women are working with me inside of this program and working with me as coaching clients. So if you're interested, again, go to bit.ly slash 10 TIFF. That's the number 10 T-I-F-F and schedule a call with me. This cohort is going to be, I think, one of the best yet. It is going to be extremely beneficial. It's going to be life-changing really. And not just for the 16 weeks that we are working together, but you will be using these lessons and be able to apply them going forward. And we are doing this all in the name of bringing glory to God. So I look forward to working with you. I look forward to seeing you on the other side. And that concludes this week's Just My Thoughts. This is the first episode of How Does She Do It of 2020, and I am extremely happy to be here. I'm happy to be here for obvious reasons, right? I'm grateful to be alive, but I'm also happy to be here because this year is a big year for me. And I'll tell you, I'm turning 35 this year, and that has been playing on my mind a lot for the last six months or so. Every once in a while, it will freak me out, but every once in a while, it also kind of causes me to sit up straight and really be like, okay, this is... I don't know why it feels so significant, but it's like you are approaching times where you're hitting another milestone. And what do you have to show for where you're approaching in this milestone and where are you going next? And as I look at 2020, we've already had, you know, you've already seen conversations about 2020 vision and all those kinds of things. And I feel all of that. And we spent the you know, la- the most significant number of episodes I've ever spent talking about goals towards the end of last year. But it is, it has become so clear to me that in order to be who God has fully designed you to be, we have to get out of our own ways. In order to be who God has designed you to be in the most full and purposeful and highest performing version of yourself, you have to get out of your own way. That is not an insignificant effort. It is not something that is easy. It is one of those things that sounds like, oh, okay, I'll just step aside. When in reality, it requires being able to pay attention to who you are at multiple levels in multiple situations and to be able to make adjustments. And so one of the things that we are going to be talking about this month and maybe into February is the importance of self-awareness as it influences our ability to execute. The importance of self-awareness as it influences our ability to execute. One of the reasons why Elevate Your Career Academy is so special to me is I spend time with women helping them become so much more aware of who they are and what they have to offer that it can become a easy thing to describe inside of their own heads and to other people when it when the opportunity presents itself. And that is so important because if you're talking about the context of career growth and goal completion in the terms of fulfilling our purpose, if you are not clear 
on who you are, what you have to offer, what your strengths are, what your blind spots are, what you are able to bring to this world, what drives you, what motivates you, what excites you, then you are going to spend your time. And many of us do this every single day. I spend time doing it still in the work that I do. I know that many of you feel that same way because you wouldn't be listening to a podcast like this if you didn't, but you f- you will otherwise be pushed. You will be pushed or dragged by the goals of other people, the desires of other people, the influences of other people, because you are not clear on what you want or what you have to offer. And I think some of the most significant work that we can do as believers is become honest and own who God has made us to be such that we can show up in every single room that we enter standing on that. That's the work. That's the most important part of the work that I do in my, with my one-on-one clients. It's the most important work that I do in Elevate Your Career Academy. And the career stuff is a intentional and tangible byproduct of that work. My philosophy is that a fulfilling career starts with a fulfilled person. A fulfilling career starts with a fulfilled person. And when you do the work to know yourself, know your experience, know what you have to offer, know who God has designed you to be, know what his promises say about you, then you will be fulfilled in any environment that you're in. And you will learn to navigate that environment such that it reinforces the fulfillment and the purpose and the call of your life. That's what we do here, right? That's what I do with my one-on-one clients. That's what I do in Elevate Your Career Academy. So I hope that you'll consider joining. And in, in thinking about understanding and becoming that fulfilled person, one of the things that we have to be able to address and again, be aware of are the fears that could keep us stuck. And we spent the better part of November and December talking about some pretty heavy hitting topics and really tangible things that relate to goal setting and reflecting and understanding. So for example, in we talked about understanding excuses, renewing your mind, eliminating distractions, being able to review the year that you'd had, get comfortable with the some things that you might regret and what were your, what's your vision, the process for actually writing that vision, right? So we did a lot of that. And if you haven't listened to those episodes, I highly encourage you to go back to, you could even start with episode 121 and go all the way through to episode 127 and really get a grasp on what we were talking about. But just to kind of replant our feet, goal setting can be overwhelming, not going to lie. And it is, I think, crucial at this time of year to be hyper aware of your mindset and hyper aware of the things that could be roadblocks and prevent you from actually achieving the goals that you set out. So one of the things that I want to talk about today is what are some fears that could keep you stuck this year if you are not careful? Right. And I say could keep you stuck because what we're going to do is declare that they will not keep us stuck because we are going to be able to identify them and call them out before they take hold of us. I'm not saying I want you to hear me. 
I'm not saying that you have to operate in the absence of fear. I talked about in a couple episodes ago the importance of not necessarily not having fear, but fearing less, right? So even in the presence of some of these fears, you will not allow them to take hold and keep you from making progress. Acknowledge them, see them, call them out, and do the work to move past them. So the first fear that we have to acknowledge and be able to move past is the fear of failure. The fear of failure is super, super scary. And it's scary because you don't want to look bad, right? You don't want to go out and say, oh, I've wanted to do this thing. Oh, I'm going to do this thing. Then you try to do it and then you don't succeed. And it makes you look bad to your peers. It makes you feel bad to your, for yourself, right? But the fear of failure is, one, it's like a mirage almost because you have to fail before you succeed. You have to fail before you succeed. When you are, and I keep going to exercise goals because, or exercise um, as analogies because it's just a very a pre- present thing for me. But when you are learning to lift weights, you don't start with a 50 pound dumbbell or barbell. You start with your fives, you start with your tens, and what you do and actually built into some exercises is doing doing some of these exercises until failure, doing a number of barbell curls, of dumbbell curls, until you can't do any anymore. And what that does is it build, it meant that you did the work until you couldn't do any more work, but you have built the foundation for your muscles to grow as a result of the work that you just did, even though you could not do another single repetition, right? The same is true when you are trying to do things out in this world. Sometimes you have to make a mistake. You have to make a mistake to then learn the lessons that are going to allow you to be successful in your next effort. Some of the best quarterbacks throw interception passes, right? I actually just, this is, I just watched the ESPN highlight of Tom Brady throwing an interception in the last couple seconds of a game that was, that ended their postseason, right? Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. He throws interceptions. Sometimes you have to fail, but I bet you what he's going to do, he's going to watch that tape and see what happened, see what he missed, see why he didn't see the field and see that the interception was going to happen. So you have to be willing to fail in order to learn so that you can succeed next time, right? See failure not as the end of something, but as an opportunity to learn so you can continue to move forward. The next fear that we have to acknowledge and address is the fear of success. Sometimes answering the call or going out to do something that no one has ever done before can feel heavy and it can feel it's risky, especially if you've never seen the thing that you want to do modeled in someone that you know that you can touch that is going to give you the blueprint, right? There may be some ideas that you have in your mind that this world has not seen before, or they've seen it and you are going to be the person to adjust it or to improve it or to do something in a way that it hasn't been done before because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are unique. No one shows up in the way that you do. And the idea of what could come with that success 
is scary. And is it going to be too much for me? Am I going to be able to handle it? Am I going to blow the money or the, you know, the notoriety or are people going to look at me differently? Right. And this fear pairs well with one that I had a conversation with a friend of mine about yesterday, the fear of being alone or the fear of being the only one, right? We run in circles. If you are a woman of color, if you're a black woman listening to this, this podcast and you are you come from a background where similar to mine, where people did, people had good jobs, they had, you know, security, but they didn't go to, they didn't live away from their family or they didn't try to start a business or they didn't go into a non-traditional career path or they did, they just did something differently than what had been done before and they took some non-beaten path. Now you might be alone, you might be the only one to do or want this thing or to think the way that you think. And that is isolating. That can feel scary, as can success, as can this idea. We see stories of quote unquote success in pop culture all the time where people who become these celebrities, and I'm not saying that your version of success means you're going to become a celebrity and you're going to be, you know, all over television or all those things like that. But there's pressure that comes with that. There's responsibility that comes with it. But what we have to do in thinking about both the fear of success and the the fear of kind of being alone or being the only one is that we are never alone, right? We are not doing this by ourselves. I went to church on New Year's Eve and shout out to Pastor Carl and Culture Changing Christians here in Philadelphia. And he talked about the reality that when we feel fear, we are forgetting that we have a protector, right? And he talked from Psalm 121, and I'm going to share a few verses as we move through the episode. But what was so powerful, like I had never thought about the idea that feeling fear meant that I felt like I did not have a protector. It just never occurred to me to think about fear that way. I had always thought about fear of it just being something that rested within me. But if you are feeling fear, that means you feel like you are not safe and that you do not have a protector. When scripture, particularly the Psalms, all talk about how God is our protector. God is our refuge, right? If we go to Psalm 46, Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear through though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, right? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Is fear or feeling fear not a time when we are in trouble? right? Maybe sometimes our fears are not actually represented in our reality, right? Like a fear of failure, a fear of success. It's not the same as like the fear of someone actually placing you in physical danger, right? A lot of times these fear are in our, is, are in our minds, but if God is a refuge and a strength, a very present help in trouble, is he not available to us in our time of fear, in our time when our mind is placing us or implying that there is danger approaching? Is God not available to us in a time when we are feeling like there is a dangerous situation approaching or there's something that I can't do or there's something that might 
cause me harm either now or in the future, right? These fears that I'm talking about here are those types of fears. And God is not unavailable to us when dangers are presenting themselves inside of our minds, right? He is available to us exactly in those moments. Those are some, I think, probably some of the best times that we need to access the power of the spirit that lives within us because, because our mind is such a battlefield. And, you know, we talked about in, in a previous episode, the renewing of your mind is daily work. The renewing of your mind being daily work, that renewing is done in partnership with the word of God and in allowing the spirit to, to live alive within us. That's not something that we do on our own, right? Because when we do things on our own, we're relying on motivation. We're relying on inspiration from other people, but the spirit of God lives within us. And if the spirit lives within you, that means you have access to the source, not just a resource, but the source of what can help you move through your fear. When you read the Psalms, David was never really talking about, David was in his feelings as he wrote these Psalms, right? He was always in his feelings. And because he was in his feelings, it demonstrates that we too have the ability to experience and feel our emotions, but to call out and to cry out to our father in heaven in order to help move us through such that we can experience and feel the victory that he has available to us. And that is available to us through his spirit and through the death and resurrection of Christ, right? That is what making making it through these fears is all about. That's what acknowledging these fears is about. It's not pretending that they don't exist, but it's identifying and calling them out such that you can apply the right strategy to move through them. Another fear that we have to acknowledge and move through and move past is the fear of change. Comfort feels good. Going to work, getting your regular paycheck, having all your bills paid, making sure you can do the things for the kids, right? Going on the trip, saving the money, paying down the debt and knowing like the predictability of, of the way that your life is right now. You know that when you go into work on Monday, that this is going to be expected of you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, when Saturday comes, you're going to do this, right? Those things are comfortable. You have your routine and all that kind of stuff. But when you are trying to move through to another level, when you're trying to, when you're considering applying for that managerial role, that senior director role, when you're thinking about changing industries, you're thinking about leaving the company that you've been with for five, 10, 15 years, when you're thinking about maybe changing industry altogether and having to apply, maybe start in a more entry level role, that means change. That means unsettling what has become your normal. And that is super scary. The problem is that growth never happens without there being some change, right? Growth is a direct byproduct of something changing in your environment. And in order to be who God has designed you to be, something has to change. Sometimes it's the people that you roll with. Sometimes it's the way that you talk about yourself or the way that you talk to yourself, right? All of those things are can be things that we get lulled into a level of comfort and complacency with, but the fear of change will keep you doing the things that you were doing last year that you said you didn't want to do. The fear of change will keep you 
from achieving the things that you say you wanted to achieve this year. If you are not willing to, to accept that something is going to be different and maybe your whole world doesn't have to get turned upside down. I'm not telling you, you have to embrace up, you have to blow up your whole life and pick up and go, you know, move to some remote country and do, I'm not telling you that you have your chain has your change rather has to be extreme, but I am telling you that something will have to be different if you are going to be different and get different than what you had in last year. Something has to be different if you say you want more, right? Something has to become different if you say that you want to achieve something that you've never done before, that you've never seen done before. Something will have to change. But what's important for you is that you have to identify what that change will have to be and you have to be, be okay with knowing that the change is going to come. The next fear that can keep you from achieving your goals, but that you have to acknowledge and move through is the fear of being seen. This one is personal to me because I have a tendency to like show up and then disappear. Posting on Instagram stories is not particularly scary for me, but the idea of recording a video and posting it to my timeline, for example, a little more scary. The idea of promoting Elevate Your Career Academy even the idea of boldly declaring, I am excellent at helping you translate your transferable skills. I can say with confidence that I do those things better than somebody else, or that I can help you see yourself completely differently in the way that you show up in your career and make sure that you feel so confident that you pursue opportunities that you never thought you would pursue. Those things, declaring those things means that I need to put myself out there and be seen. Sometimes it is easier to play the background. It's easier to dabble or just tell a few people that you are capable of, you know, cooking dope meals and starting this catering company or, you know, running a meeting better than the current manager might do it, right? And I'm not telling you that you need to walk around declaring those things out loud to people, but declaring the thing that you know is unique to you and that you know is your superpower and then walking that out means being exposed in a new way. And that is scary. It means feeling like the fear is that you being exposed means that you could then also be exposed for being a fraud for then people to be like, Oh, she's not actually as good at, at running these meetings as she said she was, or she thinks she's so this, or she thinks she's so that. And we get so in our own heads about what we fear other people might say if we show up and stand out that we don't show up and stand out and that is unacceptable because if we are to do God's work in the marketplace right meaning that if we are to show up and to be salt and light in our classrooms in our boardrooms in our meetings in our conversations in our relationships with our friends in our side hustles in our business then that means that we have to come out of the shadows and i'm not talking about being boastful and haughty and being arrogant and being like hey look at me look at me that's not what i'm talking about i am talking about when you think about the character of Jesus, right? Just who he was. Jesus rolled knowing who he was. There was never a time that Jesus 
would not, except when it wasn't yet time for him to reveal his identity as the Messiah. He would tell people, I am the son of man. I have been sent here to do my father's business. He didn't, when asked, he wasn't like, uh, you know, I don't really know. Um, just so, you know, I can't really, or I want, no, I just, I, yeah, I just turned that little water into wine. It was just a little something. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I tur made him, I turned, I made the blind man see it's just a little thing that I do. You know, when the, in the way that we qualify, when someone gives us praise for something that we do well in the way that we are, that people will come to us and say, you know, you really do that thing so well. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. Jesus was never like, oh, you know, ah, you know, God is just, you know, he's so good to me in that fake humble way that we do. And I say I'm making light of these particular things, but if you go back and you look at the stories where Jesus performed these miracles, and I'm not saying that the work that we do is every, I'm not, I just, I hope you hear that I'm not equating, you know, using mud to make a blind man see with, you know, running a meeting really well. I obviously, I know that those are not the same things. What I am saying though, is that in the same, the principle there is that when Jesus showed up, he showed up and did not waver in who he was. He did not waver in what he was capable of doing. He did not waver in being able to identify who he was. He did not waver in his attempts to help people understand the significance of what he was coming here to do through the power of his storytelling, through the ability for him to, to you know, speak well to a crowd, to the his ability to serve without being asked to serve, or to challenge negative thinking, or to challenge the people who were trying to to lead people down a road that was not going to be for them in this in the way of the Pharisees having people live this legalistic life and all those kinds of things. Jesus was always who he was wherever he went. That is our call as well. And part of the reason why it is challenging for us to do that is because we are operating with these fears that keep us playing small. We are operating with these fears that cause us to believe that we are not good enough to be seen or that we are not good enough to be successful or that failure will be the death of us or that, you know, making change is going to, is just going to throw us off so much that we're not going to be able to handle it. Those fears are lies from the pit of hell. They are, they're real and valid emotions, but they are not so real and valid that they should keep you standing still and stuck in them. That is not the way are we, we are to move in this year. That is not the way we are to move in this decade because moving in those fears, or I should say allowing those fears to keep us from moving forward means we are not really about our father's business. One of my biggest fears is dying with unfulfilled potential. That wasn't a fear that I put on this list, but that is a big fear of mine. And that same fear then feeds into sometimes me overthinking and then me not taking certain actions that I know will keep me moving forward. Therefore, becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy of me not fulfilling my potential, right? So you, this is why when I started this episode, kind of talking about the importance of being so aware of the way your mind works and not so aware that it keeps you in a negative feedback loop, but so aware that you can catch the thoughts as they rise and say, okay, you know what? We're not going to do this today. 
<laughs> we not going to allow this attitude to keep you sitting on this couch watching six hours of Netflix or to keep you from getting up and going to the gym or to keep you from sitting and spending time in your, in your Bible, right? We're not going to allow these things to drive us. We're going to acknowledge them and then we are going to make the adjustment. Acknowledge and adjust. Awareness means being able to acknowledge and make the adjustment. Being aware means being able to acknowledge and make the adjustment. And that is one of the most powerful tools that you can have as a woman who is about her father's business, as a woman who is destined to do the things that he has purposed you to do in whatever sphere that is, be it career, be it your home, be it your family, be it a business, a side hustle, whatever, classroom, boardroom, courtroom, you know, weight room, what, wherever that space is for you, you have to be aware of who you are, what the word says about who you are, and how you need to make adjustments to operate accordingly. Okay. So the last fear that I want to share is the fear of getting it wrong. Sometimes, and these are conversations that I've had with clients where they are concerned that they have not heard from God properly. They're concerned that if they take a step in a direction that they think they heard him tell them to take a step in, but it wasn't actually the thing that he told them that it was their own desire, then they are somehow doing something completely wrong. And I get that fear, right? Because I have that conversation, am I hearing God or is this me, right? Is this the devil trying to trick me, right? <laughs> so I laugh not to make light of it, but because it's a real, it's a legit thing. But I want to read a few verses from Ephesians 1. I'm going to start at verse 3. And the title of this section in the ESV version says, Spiritual Blessings in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Right? God the Father, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What does that mean? Right? Does that mean that you have some of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places? Or does that mean you have all of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places? And then if you go further, it says, in this is verse seven, in him, we have redemption through his blood in him being Christ, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Right? That says, unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. When you are paying attention to the Christ that lives within you, when you are taking advantage of the spiritual blessings that have been given to us, when you take advantage of the fact that when you stay in communication, and this is key, right? Because some of us will want to hear from God when we don't be trying to hear from God in the sense that 
we are not spending time with him. We're not in our word. We're not praying. We're not studying what the scripture says, right? So sometimes you might not be hearing from him because you haven't spent enough time with him, but that's another conversation for another day. But when we are intentional about walking in alignment with his will through knowing what his word says and through staying in communication with our father in heaven that we have been given access to by his son, Jesus Christ. It tells us that we can have insight into his will. One of my friend's husband challenged me years ago because I would say in conversations, and I promise you that if you have not said this yet, you, you, you probably, actually, I promise you, you have said this before. Oh, you know, I, I don't know what God's will is, but, oh, I don't know what God's will is, but I'm just going to wait to hear from him. Well, I don't know what God's will is. You know, we don't know his will. And he kept saying to me, he was like, oh, you know, whenever people say that, I'm just not really, I, I don't, I disagree with that. And I was like, what do you mean you disagree with that? And he told me that if you are intentional and if your heart is genuinely trying to walk with Christ and adopt his character and live by God's word, as we saw in this, in this text and you read in scripture, God's will will be made revealed in us through the nudgings of our spirit, through that intuition, through that inclination to reach out to that person or to try and do this thing, through the desires that we have to be bigger and bolder and to live more purposefully, right? Those are the things that God gifts us. And it can feel like what sometimes what we are expecting is a download that is like uh like a ta- like from a Moses getting the 10 commandments type of thing right it's like the lord said and it's like i'm etching these things in stone but that is not always how he communicates sometimes it is in the quiet whispers the still the still the small still voice right so that is a i took that in a direction i didn't expect it to go in but the point is is that you know more than you think you do. You have access to more insight already than you think you do. But you have to trust and you have to, you know, engage in conversation with God to be like, "Hey, is this coming from you? If this is, you know, and sometimes we might ask for a a sign that he will not show up in that sign, but and this is obviously this is a much more nuanced conversation and dialogue and one that I actually hope to have with some of my, uh, with some members of this community, but it, it is, we have access to God's will in a way that I think church has often taught us that we do not. And I say that to say that when you are operating in, or from a place of trying to do better and to fulfill the purpose that God has placed on your life, you have to know that he wants to see you be successful. And when I say successful, hear me, I'm not talking about successful in things or money or anything like that, but he wants to see you succeed in walking out the purpose that he has designed for you because by doing so, 
your success brings glory to him. And that is our goal, right? I have a shirt that says worship the chief vocation of all mankind from art of homage and that the company that I follow on Instagram, the super dope content, super dope, uh, clothes, but our chief vocation is to glorify God, right? Everything that we do as believers, as part of the body of Christ is meant to bring glory to him. And if we allow these legitimate fears, again, I am not delegitimizing these fears, but if we allow the fears to keep us stuck, that means we are operating against the thing that God has designed us to do. Acknowledge the fear, make the adjustment, become aware by acknowledging and adjusting. Okay. And I want to leave you with these two scriptures. Remember earlier, we talked about Psalm 46, one through three, but these other two, this first is first Peter five, seven. Now the context of this chapter is Peter is talking to the elders of the, of the church and is saying that he's basically encouraging the elders to shepherd the flock of God in the right way. So verse six says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So verse seven is the casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. In the context of this church, these elders learning to lead the people of God, right? Scary thing in a time where Christians were being super, super persecuted. And here, Peter is trying to encourage them to say, be number one, be humble. And God is going to exalt you at a proper time. He's going to elevate your position. He's going to give you the things that you need at the proper time. But here casting your anxieties on him because he cares for you, right? It's just like a simple statement, but you give your anxieties to him just because he cares. He wants to take them from you. So as you think about the things that you are wanting to do, cast your anxieties on him, share them with him. He cares for you. He wants to take those burdens from you. He wants to take your anxieties away from you and he will protect you. So thinking of this next verse now, Jeremiah 17, seven and eight says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is a message and a mood, okay? So blessed is the person who trusts in the Lord and their trust is God, right? Not just trust in, but my trust is God. and. I am like a tree. You are like a tree planted by water that you are sending out your roots. You can think about that as like sending out your efforts. You're doing your thing in the stream and you are not afraid when heat comes. This tree is good when heat comes. You know why? Its leaves are still going to be green because it already has enough of the things that it needs within it to remain green. When heat comes, trees don't die because they are already nourished. They have a stockpile of nutrients that keep them living in hot days. And it is not anxious in a year of drought because it's still bearing fruit. You are not anxious in a season of drought, in a season of lack, in a season of things 
things shifting and a season of changing because you can still produce fruit even in those times. Even in the midst of having fear of failure, having fear of success, having fear of change, fear of being seen, fear of getting it wrong, fear of being the only one, fear of not doing it right the first time, right? Even in the midst of all those fears, you can still produce fruit. Why? Because you are still going out and doing your father's business because you acknowledge the fear and you made the adjustment by seeking insight from, from the word of God, by seeking to be build yourself up in faith, by becoming members of communities that can help motivate you and keep you pushing and keep you remembering who you are, right? And becoming aware of the things that God has gifted you with, becoming aware of the way your experiences can be tangibly translated into new experiences and new opportunities, right? When you do those things, the fear, which can be, you can see as the drought in this scripture or the heat, right? The fear exists and that's fine, but I'm not wavering in that. I'm not letting that keep me from bearing my fruit. I'm not letting that keep me, my leaves are not going to fall off my little tree because there's a little fear happening. I acknowledge the fear. It's a real thing, but I'm moving forward anyway. And that is the spirit that we have to carry into this year because we will be afraid. There will be things that knock us down. There absolutely will be, be failures, but there will be successes too. And we have to be able to stand in those and to move through those. We have to be confident enough to know that when a, when a wind blows or when a drought comes or when the heat comes, our tree is not going to topple over because we are here to do our father's business. We are here to bring glory to him through the showing up and the expression of the things that he has placed in us. But when we can take all of that, and even when we're afraid we cast our fears upon the Lord because he cares about us. We remember that he is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Not a, I'm going to come to you in a little bit type of help in trouble, or, oh, I'll get to you when I get to you type of help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. That means he is ready for you. He is ready to hold you up. He is ready to protect you. He is your rock and your fortress, right? All of these things that are in the word of God, which is why one of the things I have committed to this year is learning this here book called the Bible so much better because you don't, you can't use what you don't know. And we have access in this book to promises and truths and understanding and relationship that we can't get from anywhere else, that we can't get from sermons all the time, right? And I'm a, I am an avid YouTube sermon listener, okay? And podcast listener. But the source is like the most, the first, you know how when we were in elementary school and you had to do like a report, a book report, and you had your primary source, and then you had your secondary sources that referred to the primary sources, you are, you have to go to the source. The source is the word of God because the source gives you direct insight into who God is and into the character of Christ and into understanding the big picture of how we are all fitting into this story of the gospel and good news that you can't get just from hearing someone else tell you about it or reading another book about it, right? Go to the source directly such that when you are the tree planted by water that is in a season of drought, you don't have to look to somebody else to give you access to understanding how God is going to be able to move you through that season because you have tucked the word into your heart yourself. You have made it a part of your own understanding. You, you have renewed your own mind in a way that it is now you're able to recite and re and regurgitate scripture in a way that can apply it to the circumstances 
circumstances that you are currently in. So those are the breaks. Okay. <laughs> that is, I have gone a lot longer in this episode than I plan to go. I did not expect to have all these things to say. However, I am grateful for you listening to this point in the episode. And I pray that this has been a blessing to you. We are going to take 2020 by storm in so many different ways. We use the foundation of goal setting, being intentional, being thoughtful about reflection to be able to set ourselves up to be able to say, okay, here are the things that I want to be able to do. And now that we are going to begin doing those things, what are the things that we have to become aware of and acknowledge such that we can check them, keep them in their proper place and move forward in power based on us having access to a God who is our refuge and our strength. And I don't know about you, but I am excited. So thank you again. Connect with me on social media. I am at Tiff South. Screenshot you listening to the episode, post it in your story, and I will repost it. If you have not done so already, schedule your call with me to learn more about Elevate Your Career Academy and to join the third cohort, bit.ly slash 10 tiff. Again, bit.ly slash 10 tiff. And if you have the opportunity to do so, please leave a five-star rating and review in the Apple podcast app or wherever podcast platform you are available on. Spotify has stepped its game up. Shout out to those of you who listen on Spotify. I feel Spotify as a podcast platform. Love it. I'm coming to love it as well. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.